Welcome to WHCC Pro, presented by White House Custom Color, your photography and press printing partner. We are lucky enough to be sitting here with um, none other than the Matt Matthews, director. The baddest bitch on the, the block. The bitch on the block. <laughs> coming to us from Birmingham, Alabama, as of about 8 p.m. last night. So thanks for being with us. Uh huh. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. So we've spent the last couple hours on a YouTube Live and a Hive webinar talking about a lot of things to do with business and your social media and the, the brand and, and all the things. But I, I wanted to take this time to be a little bit more personal or a little bit more um, in tune with you. Oh, God. I know, right? Um, you know, so I've had the opportunity to get to know you over the last, you know, four-ish years or so. Um, and seeing a lot of growth in your business, your brand, your style, your all the things. But there's a there's a hell of a lot behind that. You know, you are a you're a complex character, even though you'd probably like to think otherwise, or think potentially think otherwise, maybe. Hey, I will not argue. I am a complex character. Yes. To begin with, in the way that you found your why, mm-hmm. and I know what that is. But for our listeners today, can you tell us about your why? Yeah. So, you know, as a boudoir photographer, you have to, well, in any, any genre, boudoir, weddings, it doesn't really matter what, you're, what it is that you're doing. You have to have a why. So your why is your, your cause, your belief, or, you know, something that inspires you. And... My mom always struggled with depression and body image and never felt beautiful in her skin and, you know, all of those things. So in 2014 for her birthday, I photographed a boudoir session for her. And in 2015, she unexpectedly passed away. And so now, even all these years later, those photos are some of my prized possessions. Even though my work wasn't probably as good as it is, you know, now, Um, it's, you know, it was my mom and she felt beautiful in that time. So that really kind of lit a fire in me to become this boudoir photographer that I am today. Right. So let's back up a little bit because I knew the answer to that. I know that your childhood was not all roses and sunshine and, and, and lollipops, Mm -hmm. you know, correct. So as a young man growing up and getting to that place in, in your life where you now look back at those images of your mom as some of your most cherished possessions, that time in between there had to be an extreme transition point for you. So here's what you don't know. I'm about to throw a curveball. Okay. So you ain't never read my memoir. I have not. I own it, but I haven't read it yet. You have, how? What the hell? <laughs> I have a lot of books I haven't read. Okay, so you need to read the memoir because you have a lot of space and a lot of gaps. Okay, let's fill those in. Let's fill those in. Um, okay, so my mom that I photographed in 2015, 14, before she passed away, that's not my biological mom. Okay. So when I say that, my mom, I'm not referring to the woman that I say when I say that she was the addict and we lived in government housing and all of that. This is not the same woman. Okay. So my biological mom was the drug addict, the alcoholic, and you know the one that I lived in the, the projects and stuff with. That's my biological mom. Okay. She passed away in 2007. Okay. 
So she passed away in 2007. She actually did get sober the last year before she died, but she passed away in 07. And then my mom is the woman that my dad remarried to. But so when my dad got custody of me, finally, after, you know, taking me away from my biological mom, when my dad got custody of me, this is who my dad was remarried to. Okay. And she taught me how to drive, and she did my homework with me, and she did my birthday party. You know, so even though I wasn't her biological son, she was my mom, you know, right. because she did everything with me that a mom should do. And she was the one that I said as a nurse, and I wanted to follow in her footsteps. Okay. She was what I saw was education and smarts and, you know, um, success. Okay. So when I say my mom, that's who I'm referring to. And she passed away in 2015, unexpectedly. So I've lost two moms. Got it. So that's who I mean by that. So you're now you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's a lot of, a lot of people don't realize that. And yeah. what's funny is <laughs> before my memoir came out, I was, I was almost ashamed to tell people about my biological mom. So... Yeah. People did not know that I had a biological mom that died before my real my my adopted mom died. So none of my friends in high school, like nobody knew that she wasn't my real mom. Although she was my real to me, she to me she was my mom. To her, I was her son. Her friends, none nobody knew that she wasn't my biological mom. Okay. But you know, because to us we just were. But um I think before I wrote my memoir and I released that, I was kind of ashamed to talk about my biological mom because of the issues that she had. Yeah. Um, and so I'd never told anybody. And so it's funny because my friends would read my book and they were like, what the hell? Like, we didn't know that, you know, right. like we had no idea. And I was like, yeah, well, now you do, you know, like, right. um, so I'm not ashamed anymore of that, you know, and it's part of my story. And that woman, although she had her issues and although she struggled mentally with a lot of demons, like she loved me the best way that she knew how. So like, you know, I love her and she will always have like that space in my heart. Um, And she's my biological mom. You know, it is what it is. So, but it's funny because a lot of people didn't know that. So before you were 20, Three, you had lost both moms. Yeah, so I lost. Yeah, yeah. So I lost my biological mom in 07. Wow. And then I lost my mom in 2015. So I was 23 when she passed away. Wow, that's a that's an extreme amount of loss to to experience as that young of a person, mm-hmm. especially at 15. You know, when you lost your your biological mom. Yeah. Wow. So writing the memoir, now this just makes my head I know, now spin. you're like, shit, yeah. I'm now messed up. <laughs> no, 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 not messed up at all. I'm sure that that did help you probably sort out a lot of things. Yeah. To be able to, to, to journal in a way and to tell that story. I, I look at, you know, my life and, you know, my parents split up when I was 14 um, you know, estranged from my father for, you know, a lot of years and then came back together and got to know him in the last, you know, couple of years of his life. And he was suffering with dementia, you know, really bad. And to look back and to be able to even say those things helps me process. So I can't imagine like taking the time to write a book mm-hmm. about your childhood. So were you with 
your biological mom then up until the time that she passed? No. Things got so bad with her um, that eventually when I was nine, my dad finally got custody of me. Okay. So they had to like go to court and he finally got custody of me because there were times that I would fall out of the, I like, I fell out of the car one night cause she was so drunk. Um, I mean, just like things like that all the time happened. Yeah. Um, and she just couldn't, she was in a place now I'm, I'm so proud of her because she got sober the last year before she died. She went to AA and she got sober. Um, but you know, she struggled a lot with depression and bipolar disorder and mental illness and things like that. And so she coped with all of that with alcohol and pills. Um, and so for her to be able to get sober and the last year of her life and, you know, have that, you know, kind of be kind of like a, a victory for her, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm proud of that. Um, and then, so that happened in 07. So my dad and my, my mom, my quote mom, they had custody of me before she passed away. So I was living with them when she did pass away. Um, and then my dad and my adopted mom, they split up when I was 16, 16 or 17. Okay. And so she, my mom moved out and she ended up remarrying and my dad eventually remarried, and now he's with the woman of his dreams, and they've been happily married for 10 years, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom remarried an asshole, like a redneck Riviera asshole. He was a, that motherfucker was a piece of shit. Anyways, I'm not going to get on that one. But um, she remarried, and they moved to Tennessee, and, you know, but her family was really the only family that I knew. Right. Um, so... You know, like her mom was my was my grandma. Her her aunt her her sister was my aunt. You know, and mm-hmm. they even though I was not biologically theirs, I was theirs. Yeah. You know, there was you couldn't tell us any different. And to this day, my aunt is still one of my best friends. You know that she moved to Scotland. My little cousin got into the Royal Conservatory over there in Scotland and mm. um, for theater <clears throat> and things like that. So, but she is still like you know we have always been very 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 close. Yeah. So you know, my mom lived in Tennessee when she passed away in two thousand and fifteen. Um, and she was remarried at that point. So, you know, it was, um, it was just, it's been, it's a lot, you know, there's a lot to that story and it is, it was like writing all of that was like, holy shit, I'm 30 years old and I have been through like everything that I've been through. Right. But I truly believe like that is why I'm successful. Because, like, if I had not gone through those things, I probably wouldn't be successful, you mm-hmm. know? And you think about it, and it, it, it is it's sad, like, to go through the things that I've gone through at such a young age. Because you think, like, when you lose your parents, they're supposed to be old, and they're supposed to right. have dementia, or they're supposed to have these issues because they've gotten older, and, you know, it's it's part of life, and that's what happens. You don't lose your parents. You don't lose two moms in such a short amount of time, right. and both of them, like, didn't have, you know, they were both unexpected. Mm-hmm. Neither of them like had cancer or anything that you thought they were, oh, they're, we know they're going to die. Like they were both very unexpected. When you get a chance and you read that book, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to get all the tea because you're yeah. going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. Because like I actually talk about the, the real way my biological mom died in my book. And, um, it is very, um, I wouldn't say that it's disturbing, but it's very unexpected. Hmm. You know, like you would be like, 
what? Like you never, because of the person that she was, you know, mm-hmm. she was a nurse anesthetist. She put people to sleep for surgery. She made six figures. She was so smart, so educated, like had every, you know, had it all, you mm. know, but you never know what demons people fight. Right. Especially in this day and age and in the age of social media, you know, I, I'm so glad that I'm not a kid right now. Yeah. You know. That would be hard. I mean, I, sometimes I still feel like a kid. <laughs> Not right away in the morning because everything hurts, but, you know, it just, I can't imagine the stresses of that. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, you never know the demons and the, the things that people are fighting behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Never. Not at all. So do you think, Matt, well, I, this is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Your personality and your, you like me or you don't and I don't give a shit, does that come from that time was it developed during that time i think so um especially with like you know where i was raised you know and how i was raised my biological mom was the same way my biological mom was so hood like she beat up my my parent i mean she beat up my teacher in a parent-teacher conference in the fourth grade so when I tell you these hands are rated E for everybody, that <laughs> is <mean> <laughs> that is where I get it from. She was crazy. Like she and she was beautiful. Absolutely stunning. But I found a picture of her the other day and she's got like these these, <laughs> these really long red nails and like has rings on every finger <laughs> and like a gold chain. My mama was so fucking hood. <laughs> and that's where I get it from. Like I did not stand a chance. Because my dad is also like short tempered and kind of like, you know, says mm-hmm. says what he thinks. My mom was the same. My mom, my mom was like not short tempered like my dad, but my mom was was very much a, a if she thought it, she said it. Yep. And um, she was very witty, you know, because she was smart. So mm-hmm. she was very witty and quick. And my dad is like very short fused and will like go off, you know like that if he's mad about something he's better now but like and then my biological mom was i will fight you right here so i didn't stand a chance in hell (laughs) i did not stand a chance so you know like i was that kid that you answer the phone you'd be like it's a collect call from an inmate at the bessemer county jail it's mama (laughs) i'd be like oh shit who's she gonna beat up now uh now now i really want to read the book you have to read the book i will it's not even a long book like you know, I was writing it and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm writing this book and I'm telling stories as they just kind of come, you know, as they just kind of come to me. And then I released the book and I'm like, oh shit, there's so much that I left out that I could have put in here, you know? And I didn't even think about all of the things that I left out that I could add. You know, and so I've been asked a lot. They're like, are you going to do a volume two? Or like, are you going to do a second episode? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. Like, <laughs> call, it, call it shit I forgot. <laughs> the shit I forgot to tell you. Yeah. So did that come into play at all, Matt, when you were working on the reality show and the the interest from the networks and, and stuff like that? The from the book? Mm-hmm. No, um, it's funny. Um because I had always talked about doing a reality show and or 
I lie. I've never talked about doing a relaunch. Everybody always told me on social media, you need to show, you need to show, you need to show, you need to show. Like that's like so one of the things that every every single day somebody comments, Matt, you need to show. Yep. So finally I was like, fuck. Like apparently I need to show. Like <laughs> these people are telling me this every day. And so I uh, there's a guy that I follow. He's from he's actually from Alabama. And uh, he's a producer. And I messaged him one day and I was like, look, everybody keeps telling me I, I need a show. Like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, you need a show. And he was like, hmm. I need you to film like a, a sizzle, like film like a, you know, three to four minute like thing of what the show would look like and send it to me. And I was like, OK. So I paid some videographer friends to come. They spent three days with me and they filmed the sizzle. And I was like, here you go. He was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. So he sent it to a production company. And they were like, oh, this is this is gold. We love this. Mm-hmm. But they did like mostly cooking shows. Okay. So they sent it to another production company, which is the company that signed me. And they signed me the day after they saw my tape. Wow. So they saw my tape, called me the same day. The next day I had a Zoom meeting with them and they sent me a contract. Huh. That's incredible. When I was watching the, the video that you posted the other day, the thing that I noticed, because I, I, I see the more, not aggressive, but the tough Matt Matthews, mm-hmm. the one that, you know, could walk around all day long with your, you know, your middle finger in the air <laughs> and not, not care at all. But there's a part of you during that, um, when you're interviewing, I believe it's a client, mm-hmm. um, and the softness about you mm-hmm. with, with your clients. And, you know, you, you said earlier in the, the YouTube live and the, in the webinar, like, this one client wanted to photograph with Brie because she was afraid that you would, you know, chew her up and spit her out. But you have, you have this, this, uh, this kindness that comes through. And I wonder to myself, like if, if that kindness comes out with people that you recognize going through a situation that potentially you went through yeah, or the pain that you suffered through and, and got stronger because of it. Am I, am I getting close? Yeah. So, you know, it's really weird to me because I'm not a nurturing person, um, to people. I'm not to animals. I am. I've always loved animals way more than I love people. And I'm very nurturing when it comes to animals, um, to people I'm not because I believe that most of the time people put themselves in their own situations. So, when I have a client that, you know, has a story that is similar to mine or a story that they couldn't control, you know, or a story that I'm able to connect with, I'm able to almost empathize with them more because I have felt those same feelings. Right. But when you come to me for a boudoir session and you're telling me you just want to feel sexy because your husband cheated on you with, your, with his best friend and you just don't know what to do, I'm like... I don't feel bad for you because you should have beat the bitch's ass. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's when I, I can't be, I can't be nurturing. And I'm like, uh, hello, did you hit them? Right. Like there's a video on my, on my TikTok where I had a client and she said she had been married for 20 years and she found out her husband was cheating on her with her best friend. Wow. And I said, did you beat that bitch's ass? She was like, no, I didn't. And I was like, Why? And she was like, I just, it's just not worth it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is worth it. And I literally, I showed her, I was like, you look, you grab the bitch by the back of the head <laughs> and you pull her head down and you just start wailing on her. And you say, bitch, I done told you quit fucking with my man. And that video, 
that video got like 2.3 million views Gosh. and people were just, they were like, that is so funny. And I'm like, but y'all think it's funny. I'm being dead ass serious. Right. Like I would put concrete in their toilets, <laughs> you know, like, and I just never understood. Like I cannot, I can't feel bad for people in those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a friend one time that her husband kept beating her up and she was like, can you come get me? And I'd go get her. And I said, look, I'm going to come get you this time. But if you do it again, you deserve it. And so she went back to him and got her ass beat again. And she called me again and I said, no, you're there. You chose to go back so you can choose to deal, you can choose to deal with it. I can't feel bad for you. Yeah. Like I'm a tough love kind of person. Yeah, definitely. So as your, as your career is growing and, you know, by leaps and bounds and, you know, I don't even know what other to, to compare it to, you're, your whole world is changing and your your brand is growing and the the following and your fan base tell tell our listeners the story about the uh, Alanis Morissette concert the other night oh, I, I think that's hilarious how you think like, that I'm not, is so funny I do I think it's funny because it's hard for me like I think where I'm not funny that's a bad word but like for me, knowing you, mm-hmm. and whenever I need something or we have a favor to ask, I call you and you pick up the phone. Yeah. And you're like, what's up, Matt? You know, and for me to to see you in this other realm is not hard to believe, but it's hard to believe. Yeah. You know? And I think, well, you know, I think that is how everybody that knows me feels. That's how I feel because I'm just me, you know, like I'm just Matt. I'm the, yeah. I'm the boudoir. I'm like, I literally say, I'm a photographer, y'all. Like, I'm not Britney Spears. <laughs> like, that's what I always say. I'm a fucking photographer. I'm not Britney Spears. And people will all, like, you know, my husband and, and Brie and my best friend, you know, every time somebody comes up to me and asks for a picture or something, they're like, oh, here we go. You know, because to us, I'm just mad. Yeah. You know, and when you know somebody, it's different. But we went to the Alanis Morissette concert, and I... All night long, people were coming up to me and asking for photos and telling me they follow me and how much they love me and <laughs> wanting selfies. And I was just like, this is the Matt Matthews concert. Like, <laughs> screw hell with Alanis, you know? Like, um, but it's, you know, it's cool because without those people that support me, I would never be successful. You know, yeah. without those people that follow me and buy my merch and book sessions and buy my book and all the things, like, I wouldn't be successful. But at the same time, it's also very weird because I am just Matt. You know, yeah. like, I'm to me, I'm just Matt Matthews, the photographer that works really hard to make people laugh and mm-hmm. to, you know, puts myself out there on social media. Um, I don't think that I'm a big celebrity or, you know, this big famous person, but to other people, I am. Right. You know, so it's... Um, it's very different. It, it's something that I don't think that I'm ever going to get used to. Yeah. And I, I, I just can't, I can't picture how that would feel or, or an implant in my mind, like not being able to go and do certain things because of, you know, oh, I'm going to, I don't want to go here because I want to be left alone tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be able to go here and have a nice dinner, but I'm afraid I'm going to get bombarded. And it was just a completely different realm of thought. And, and one that, point, you know, one, 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 or zero, 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 one percent of photographers in the world would ever even have to somewhat put into their thought process. Yeah. I never thought that that would be a part of my thought process ever. And, and, and in fact, you didn't even want to get a TikTok account. No, 
Okay. I didn't even want a TikTok. I did not want a TikTok. And in 2020, during the pandemic, everybody was telling me, Matt, you have to get a TikTok. You're so funny. You have to get a TikTok. And the first video I posted was 14.3 million views. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't even understand. All that I things. don't understand. <laughs> and, you know, like, we went on like we went on a cruise and we went to another country in St. Kitt and we went swimming with the dolphins and the dolphin trainer knew who I was. And I was like, how is this possible? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't understand how these people know who I am. Right. Like, I'm a boudoir photographer, you know, but it, it, it's 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 insane. Like, it's truly insane. And every single time that it happens. I'm like a little humbled and I'm just like, it It feels good because you're like, people recognize you. People know who you are. Like you're making right. a difference. Right. You know, it's not a, oh, fame and fortune. It's people genuinely love you. You know, right. they love you and they want to take a minute to say hello to you because you impact their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love. But there are times that I just go to the grocery store and I'm like, I just want to buy groceries and go home. Yeah. Like, I don't want to throw stop the hoodie and on and the yeah. ball cap. And, 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 there, and, and I do like, I really do like. There are times that I'll go to the grocery store and I'll literally throw on a big jacket and a ho- and a hat and like just hope nobody sees who I am or like notices me or follows me because like you know there are just times where you just don't want to right don't want to be on you don't want to be on right yeah. yeah so something you said um, earlier today I think is really inspiring and on the webinar we had somebody ask about you know how to invest into social media and what what do you pay for and you know that type of thing and and I think it just kind of caught me off guard a little bit where I could see you and you were kind of shaking your head when the question was being asked and you're like, I've never paid a dime. Yeah. I do it all myself, you know, and part of your reasoning for doing that is you answered it's because, you know, even on an off day for me, if I know that somebody's watching along and it caused them to be happy or to laugh, that makes it worth it. Right. You know, and I think we all are very guilty of looking at social media as a business only. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying for a second that that's not what you're doing, but you don't come across that way. Yeah. You're just sharing. Because while it is a social media is not a business, social media is a place to connect. And the connection that I make is where I'm able to make money because people love me and they want to support me because they love me. Mm-hmm. But because they love me is because I'm investing in them. Right. I'm showing up every day and, and producing content for them. I'm not posting videos on social media to make people laugh to make a dollar from it. I'm posting it because I genuinely want to show up for my audience because they show up for me. Mm-hmm. They sell out my shit every time it launches. You know, they, they do so much for me that... It's, I can, I can make a minute video for them, you know, like I can make them laugh. I can make them smile. Like I can do that because they show up for me every day too, Yeah, you know, and that's what it's about. Like, it's not about making money from social media because I can make money at my studio, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's about making that connection with them. And because I make that, that impact on them, they support me because of it. Right. So when the, uh, when the iPhone gives you that little message at the end of the week and it says your, a lot. your screen time has gone up 
twelve percent this every week. time. What what is that number? I'm just curious. I, you know, I don't even know. Let me look. <laughs> what do I even find? Because now? I know what mine is, and I I asked you the question when we were walking between the buildings here at White House a few minutes ago, and I said, "Is there ever a time at night where you just put your phone away and you shook your head right away?" And you said, "No, not until I go to bed." Yeah. You know, so for for everybody listening along and you know reading you know, that Matt has, you know, 2.2 million followers on TikTok and 172,000 on Instagram. There's a trade-off for that. It's, you know, fame is awesome, but fame is also exhausting, exhausting and can can pull the the life out of you and the, the time that you're investing in your followers and your fans, you know, if it's eight hours a day, which it very realistically could be. I'm so... Guessing. Um, daily average is eight hours. Wow. And, and I, I literally and, just and, guessed that. And it literally <laughs> seven hours and 58 minutes is my wow. daily average. And that is down 29% from last week. Wow. Hmm. So, so that 22 we- hours social, two hours and seven minutes for creativity, an hour and 12 minutes for, um, it says total entertainment so instagram was like instagram is the top then it's tiktok huh. um and then it's facebook and youtube wow that's incredible so that's a that's one of your full-time jobs it is literally a full-time job yeah yeah um on top of your other full-time jobs yeah yeah for on sure. top of running a studio yeah. <laughs> and uh I, I, and feeding chickens. A store. A and, very, a and very famous chicken. A very famous chicken <laughs> feeding chickens and, and barrel racing, right. you know, and riding my horses and... And being a spouse. Yeah, and being a husband. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like that's... It's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot. So is there ever a time, Matt, where you you help or you help yourself or you, you expand and bring in uh, a team to help with that as you're growing or do you always feel like that'll be your baby? My business? No, your social media. Because I know right now you're doing. Nobody's all your ever going to do it like I do it. True. So at the end of the day, like, you know, that's that's like one of the things that people say is, and that's why when my phone is. That's why when you said, "Do you ever just like put it in the other room?" and I put it down when I go to bed, because now I will like my husband will be like can you put the phone down and like, let's let us watch a show together. Let's have dinner together, which I'll do that, you know, yeah. because your relationships are very important. Yeah. Um, so I'll do that and I'll make time for that. And I try not to like have my phone on during dinner and things like that. But a lot of that is going through and responding to people's DMS and responding to people's comments, because yeah. that's very important to me because if you got the time to send me a message, then I damn sure can find the time to respond to you now it may be four days later mm-hmm. but i want to at least acknowledge that you messaged me and that i've responded to you and appreciated that time that you spent to send me a message you know yeah. and that is one of the things that that my fans say the most is like i cannot believe you respond to people and i'm like why would i not yeah you know like why would i not respond to you now my text messaging app is another story because that is, let me just show you. Okay. <laughs> let, so, you know, if it has the blue dot beside it, that means that's messages that I haven't okay. read. Yep. Okay, let's just, let's just scroll. <laughs> oh, man. These are the ones that, these are the ones that I haven't uh, had time going. to respond to Keep yet. Keep going. Oh, 
They there we go. We're yeah. We had to we had to <laughs> get to the next one. Wow. Oh, we're still going. Still going. Wow. So what is the the timeline on like where you're at now? Are those today or are those from yesterday? Um, both. Okay. So from today. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm not ever gonna have time to respond to all these. Um. So this is today. Wow. This is just that's just today. Huh. Yeah. With the the topics that you cover and the the willingness to be transparent that you have and your discussions that you have, even though a lot of them come out in more of a comedic kind of way, the the way that you are responding to people, even if it is a couple of days later, you never know could be life changing for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, because in 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 hard times and quiet times and times of struggle and times of happy. People reach out sometimes to complete strangers, mm-hmm. you know, strangers in quotes. You know, they know you from the internet, but not otherwise. And to have somebody take time to do that, and I'm sure not every single one of those messages is um, a three word response. It's probably, you probably get some long, yeah, drawn out, you know, this is what's happening to me, and I don't know who else to turn to. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's, that's awesome that you're taking the time to do that because, again, in the world of, people not being very real, you know, there's a lot out there that's just people are in it for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and not to give back. Yeah. I like how you keep saying that social media is meant to be social, not Mm one-sided. You know, and as I've been looking through my Instagram feed in the last, you know, what, six, eight months, I suppose, it's just ad after ad after ad after ad. And to me, that's what's going to kill it. And I heard you talking about that earlier with Christina about, you know, you don't want your feed to become that. You don't want, right. you know, people to be turned off by that. And that's, again, probably one of the reasons that you're so successful is because you don't do that shit. Right. You now, know? don't get it twisted. You know, if I do make money from brands, like if a brand reaches, like there's a video that I need to post tonight, actually, that is a brand video that we filmed like a little clip for. Um, and I've done that maybe four or five times for different brands. But... If you scroll through my Instagram or my TikTok, like you're going to have to look for them, you know, because you're not going to just see those videos, you know, just every single day because I don't want my platform to be. And I turn down a lot of brands because Mm -hmm. I don't want my page to be just about ads and making money. Like, yeah, it's nice to make money, but at the end of the day, I want my audience to continue to get the positivity that they get. And these ads aren't, yeah, they give me some money, but they're not, they're, these ads don't give a shit about me. No. You know, whereas my followers do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think in, in closing here, you know, from, from knowing you and especially from today in our conversations, you know, from, if you're going to put it into, you know, a, a basket or a nutshell, if you will, you know, in the face of adversity, you've kicked, you've kicked ass, man. Thank you. You know, and, um, I said it before and I'll continue to say like, we're proud to work with you. You know, we're proud to see your, your brand grow and to see you flourish and to, and to be doing it in a way that's true to you, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people can succeed by giving up themselves. Mm-hmm. That's not hard. What you're doing is hard you know, and putting yourself out there and, you know, uh, subjecting yourself to the internet troll, 
Oh, yeah. There are the internet trolls. Yep. And, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to let those things roll off, but you have this magic about you where you seem to be able to do that. Now, I'm sure they get to you every once in a while, but for the most part, I think you throw your finger in the air. and Most of the time, they can suck my ass. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. Right. I think there's maybe one time that I've, like, actually been like, ouch, that kind of hurt. You know, the one time that somebody told me I, could go, I should go kill myself, that one was not very fun. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was like... Again, if you're not paying my bills, give me orgasms. Your opinion of me is irrelevant. So <laughs> I don't really, I don't, I don't, it's none of my business what you think about me. Yeah. I don't care. Well, and I think that that's just a direct reflection of themselves too. You yeah. Know? And if you're that unhappy that you feel the need to reach out and tell somebody that horrible thing, that's inexcusable in, yeah. my, in my opinion. But um, not to not to end on the negative. We want to end on the positive here. And, <laughs> and you know, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I wanted this podcast to be different than our, our other stuff we've done today, and it's been totally different, which is great. Gets um, people an opportunity to see you, you mm-hmm. know, and, and hear you and hear your story. So thanks again. Um, we look forward to seeing where your career, life, brand, everything takes you. It ain't no telling where that shit is about to go, but we're going somewhere. All I know is we're going up. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everybody who's listening along. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you sometime soon.